0: Welcome David. Hello my friend. We we're talking on God. I love God. Do you? I do. Love you yeah. too. You're a yeah. good guy.
1: I'm part of the big picture.
0: Yes you are, you know. Some of these uh pictures are more pleasant to look at than others than others True. but you know, True. I accept you anyway.
1: Well, I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: So, we were talking just a second ago about uh, what does God want? What did you say? What does God want from me? My- what does God want from us? What does God want? That's what I want to know. What does God want from us?
1: Well, so I don't have a problem with that because it got answered for me fairly clearly through my teacher. But I went to church for the first time in a long time with my wife and my daughter.
0: Uh-oh! You got to watch
1: out for those guys. Yeah, it was a nice Christian church. I didn't burst into flames coming through the door or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Did you have fire retardant clothes? I mean, how'd that happen?
1: No, 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 normal cotton. So, but, uh, um, you know, while they were doing their songs and, and a lot of things, it's, it's, there's a lot of praising God. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel, I just it just makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. Makes me feel uncomfortable because it'd be like uh, if there if there's someone that you just love dearly, right? And uh, and they just go, "Oh, you're so wonderful," you know. I just think you're amazing, and they they just praise you all the time, you know. Would that satisfy you?
0: I guess it depends on uh, how egoic you are.
1: Yeah, so we'll just say there's no ego, but you just love this person dearly. Just love <laughs> this person dearly, and that's all. They, oh, they keep telling you how wonderful you are and great. And how how would you feel about that?
0: Well, um, what would you
1: what would you want to hear? Well,
0: what, what would I want to hear from them? That if they just keep telling I I love you over and over.
1: No, they're not saying I love you. They're saying how great you are.
0: Oh. How
1: wonderful you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, probably I love you, or I mean just yeah. every everything everything about yeah. that. I might be curious about them.
1: Yeah. So so what my teacher says, he said when God did this whole thing, he goes, I separated myself from myself to love myself. So one of the things my teacher says is God does God's not interested in your praise. He's not interested in your praise. I mean how How would a being without that sense of ego what what value would praise be? The only thing God wants from us is is our love. And what God wants for us is for us to be happy. So you know the the classic judeo Christian model of God is this uh, this kind of uh a little sensitive god that uh you don't want to piss him off because then you're gonna get punished big time Mm -hmm. but you better you better toe the line right and then then everything will be fine as long as you're you're praising him and obeying him and everything then then it's going to be okay but you step out of line he's got a he's got a fire lit over in the corner that can toss you in for eternity. Mm. And to me, that's why I grew up with that concept. Right. But for me, that's just so foreign now. It's just so foreign to me now that it's, it's, I it's, there's no way in my mind, in my heart, that that's true. You know, one of the things Nancy Dennison from uh backwards and she said there's there's really no way you can disappoint god because you're automatically doing what god has extended himself as you to do Mm -hmm. so my teacher says i separated from myself myself i separated myself from myself to love myself so he's basically saying it's love but but nancy dennison adds He's infinitely curious. And I think that's probably true. So I think God, for lack of a better uh, description, is infinitely loving and infinitely curious. And if he extended himself purely to love himself, then of course, then that's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for you to return that love. And that's really the main thing for God. But I think... I do think he's infinitely curious. I do think why else would he set it up like this, where uh, he didn't put he didn't put too many uh, uh, too many fences up when he created us? He basically extended himself out into the infinite creation, and it's like, go on, mm-hmm. go on out and play, and and because our view of God partially is influenced by this wrathful God, and I think partially influenced by our concept of good and evil, then if we're good, he'll, he'll love us and treat us well. And if we're not good, then hell's waiting for us. <clears throat> and uh, I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that. I think God wants us to be good for our sake, because he knows the, the more you attune to your true nature, the more joyful you are. So I think God wants us to behave, not because he's just an angry father, because that would be the least pain and the most joy for you. But whether you behave or don't behave, I don't think he loves you any less. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things Nancy Dennison said that I thought was just really, really good, he says, how could God be angry at you for doing what he created you to do, which was go out and explore the infinite variations of, of himself. Yeah. Yeah, so so, this was a nice church. There were good people, very sweet, very sincere in their praise. But I mean, you know, I, I think God accepts that, and especially if you're praising God, I think it gives you a certain amount of joy, and I think that makes God happy. You know, that's one of the things my teacher said. He goes, I want your happiness because your happiness gives me joy so that's i think if you can say that's how god feels i'd say that's how god feels he said i I think it gives god joy when we are joyful but it's not that god loses his joy if we're not you know it's not a weepy sad god Mm -hmm. Uh, my teacher said, i'm always in he says i'm always in bliss i'm always in bliss he goes but it gives me joy to see you starting to find your peace and your joy and your happiness. So it's not like he's not in bliss when you're suffering, uh, but it gives him greater joy to see you beginning to awaken to your true self and begin to feel that bliss of your true nature. Mm. So what? You, go ahead.
0: I really like the idea of forgiveness as as a portal to that, because even all these ideas are really just um, these mental constructs that we have, even our idea of God or our idea of who we are. And, uh, and so the true nature of who we are and who God is, is is really unchanging, no matter what my idea of it is. And so forgiveness it could be simply of letting go of all these ideas that are Talk made
1: about, up. I mean, our forgiveness directed towards whatever.
0: Our forgiveness, yeah, and what God wants, uh, well, it could be basically like you're saying for us to be happy and for us to 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 love, for us to love Him, and mostly because of what it does for us. Like for me to love, it raises my frequency, and I I really a, a, another word for that could be ascension. I ascend in my frequency by letting go of all these ideas of separation that aren't there; they're just all in my head. I'm letting him go. I'm trusting God to uh to complete me, to take care of me, to uh bring me everything I need. That everything that I have in front of me right now is really what I require and what what my my destiny is. Like I'm forgiving all these ideas that says anything but that and then the outcome of that in my experience, it's it's like a natural outflow is is love. It's like this uh expansion it's this extension that's automatic it's just outpouring that isn't contrived right I'm not trying to trying to make it happen it's just kind of what happens when I let go of everything yeah
1: well I've used I've used the uh, example before of like the goodyear blimp I mean here in Southern California you know we, we have the goodyear blimp and once in a while you see it floating around right and if you drive up towards the airport you see sometimes where it's tethered they have the yard for it so what happens is they, they have to steer it down, but they got long ropes hanging off of it. You know, about 10 ropes or whatever. So you got the landing crew. They're all waiting. And when it gets close enough, they can grab the ropes. They grab the ropes and they, they anchor it to the ground. Right? So, But for the Goodyear blimp to fly up in the sky doesn't need anything but releasing the ropes.
0: Because
1: mm. its nature is to float up into the sky right? It doesn't need to power up. You just need to let go of the ropes. So I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of the same thing with us. Yeah, Our nature is God. So all you got to do is cut the tethers of your attachments and your misconceptions and your resentments and your fears. And your natural state is to begin to experience that radiating love towards all things. It's not like you have to develop it it's more like you just have to uh, release all the things that's binding it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, That's what you're saying. And that's that's been my experience, that it's not a matter of becoming, you already are. So if yeah. you already yeah. are, why do you not experience these higher and higher levels of consciousness? Because your thoughts, your thoughts that are being driven by incorrect concepts are the mm-hmm. ropes that bind your consciousness into whatever small experience you're having, right? But when you begin to release those ropes of your misunderstandings, um, then your consciousness naturally can expand to the infinite. I remember there was a story Baba talked about, and uh, uh, it was a, a great... Uh, indian king in india and uh he was out on a hunting expedition and um he came across a saint deep in samadhi meditation and it was hot and he was tired and, and he was thirsty and he said you know sir could you please give us some water and the guy didn't answer he was deep deep he was deep and he got he just lost his temper he got mad there was a dead snake he just draped it around the guy's neck and walked off Mm -hmm. so the saint's son came in and saw that and was outraged how dare you so he put a curse on whoever did it and then the word got back to the king that this son had put a curse on him and so he called in his greatest uh, uh spiritual teachers and magicians and all that and and said well what about this curse he goes, nah. He did it right. You're gonna be dead in ten days. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing gonna stop it. So, so they all said, "Well, this is he's such a good king. I mean, you know, this was just a slip up. So we're going to help him achieve liberation before he dies. So, so he he'll be done with this earthly uh, cycle. So they brought in the greatest sages of the time, and they they started. This was their procedure. The procedures that they would discuss God. They would discuss God and discuss what's real and what's not real. And that would just get everybody high as a kite. And then they'd be quiet and they'd just go deep into meditation for a while. And then they'd come out and they'd do it again. They'd discuss more understanding of God and who, who he was and what. It, and they did that. They did that for about, I don't know, about seven days. And he achieved liberation. So I go, what? First time I read that, I go, what? It's just that easy? Well, he was, first of all, he was a really good man to begin with, but, th- but this falls in line with that concept of you already are God. So it's a matter of just releasing that which is binding you through your attachments, your fears, your misunderstandings. And as you release all that, then then he basically had nothing binding him to this earthly existence anymore. So when he died, he was liberated. hmm So that kind of blew my mind, because I always thought it was uh, I don't know, a lot harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, really, this was years ago when I started to understand that. that, And slowly, the concept slowly started to sink in of you already are. Even the concept of needing to be liberated is just another illusion. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you think you need liberation. It's just another wrong concept you have. But the power, because you're a piece of God, your wrong concepts create a reality for you. And mm-hmm. I don't know, for however many other people are drawn into your reality. So, as long as you're creating realities other than the infinite reality, then I guess that's what you'll experience until you decide to let it go. hmm Right? So, yeah. So, what does God want from us? Really, basically speaking... God, all God wants Himself personally is our love. What God would like for us is joy. But, but you know, that's He gives. He He, he wants you. To, you know, it's like if you have a friend who's just unhappy all the time, you just want them to be. Or child, you just want them to be happy. But you can't force somebody's misery out of them. They have to let it go. Yeah, as much as. <clears throat> want somebody to be happy you you can't take their unhappiness away you can if you're prompted by god you can give the highest truths you have that you feel are something within their reach Mm -hmm. like that's cutting their ropes if they allow you to if they're capable of understanding what you're saying you know, mm-hmm. and I say the same thing with Jesus. Jesus was just busy cutting everybody's ropes. If they're willing to let their ropes be cut, you know, mm-hmm. correcting their concepts, right? Correcting their concepts to help them move closer to where the last rope goes when you just float up into the sky like the Goodyear blimp. And I'm not saying you're going to float up in the sky, but your consciousness starts to rise higher, higher frequency the the more you get rid of your incorrect concepts, your attachments, your fears, your your resentments, and then finally, uh, I think you cut the final rope, and I think at that point your consciousness can expand to infinity. Now, now whether that just becomes a, a experience of cosmic consciousness, and you stay there, or it's a temporary experience and you come back to some sort of. Uh, some sort of lower frequency vibration. I know Baba talks about that. There's um, progressions in consciousness. He says there's a particular stage where you uh, lose your awareness of your individualized self and every individualized self becomes yourself. So now all of a sudden you have how many billions of humans are on the planet all of a sudden you have billions of of mouths the problem is then you can't find the one for your body so he said at that stage unless you have somebody take care of you make sure you eat right and don't walk off a cliff somewhere he said you'll just stop eating and die Mm. because all mouths are yours but if you if you make it through that phase at some point then you're able to then keep the dual awareness of er- your every mouth that exists, but you're also aware of this individual mouth that you are, are uh, responsible for. And mm-hmm. this is the stage called, uh, liberated while still in a, in a body.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: It really is interesting. It really is interesting. Baba talks about, um, uh, destroying the mind, destroying the mind. He goes, he goes, it's like a, uh, it's like uh, somebody who has to crack a boulder and he's got a sledgehammer. He said he may hit it 5,000 times and nothing much happens, but the 5,000 and first time, it splits. So I think it's the same. He's referring to the, to the mind. I think you just keep working on uh, correcting your misunderstandings, releasing your attachments, releasing your resentments, and i think at some point you experience uh some significant expansion that may just happen in a in a blink and i mean if you read about great saints and everything many times they'll they'll be walking down the road and boom and all of a sudden just their consciousness expands and they experience the oneness of all things
0: that last blow breaks, that last the, blow, breaks usually, the boulder in
1: half yeah but usually they they come back to some sense of of their individualized self you know um i remember in the the book on the little flowers of saint francis of saint francis of assisi um it was written by a monk that knew the monks that had been with saint francis and they talked to all kinds saint francis was pretty amazing if you ever get a chance to read on saint francis it's pretty interesting but some of these monks were highly advanced too uh and and those days uh people like that had a place to go they can join a monastery and they were kind of looked after right while they go through this so there was there was this one uh one uh uh, monk and he went into a, a samadhi he went into the breathless state and i guess this has happened before so they were a little more patient about burying him. And he, in the breath, they, they had buried him before thinking he was dead, no, no, but I mean, you know, normally somebody's heart stops, their breathing stops, they're cold, there is no they're they get pale. uh, you bury him after a day or so because he's dead, but you know, if you read Yogananda, he could stop his heart and his breathing and he looked like a corpse, right and in India, they had saints that could demonstrate that, so. <laughs> So he here he is. He's in the breathless state and they're not sure if he's dead or not. So they, let, they left him in his room. But I guess he wasn't rotting. So I guess they figured let's give him a little more time. But he was like gone for like a month and then oh. came back around. Yeah, came back around. But he was uh, profoundly changed after that. But there was another monk that if you said the name of Jesus or Mary or any of the saints, he would go into it. He'd just drop and go unconscious. Just he would go into like a samadhi. Now, he's still breathing, but he would go into a samadhi, just drop unconscious. So some of the neighborhood children found that out. So they would hide in the bushes, wait for him to walk by and jump up and say, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd drop like a rock. <laughs> they did this to entertain themselves (laughs) so you know some of this is pretty funny that book i that book little flowers of saint francis there was some incidents in there that i i i laughed until i cried that some were just really funny but i mean when you start dealing in in advanced consciousness states you know as a culture we're not really aware of them um Bob had said if he had been born in the United States, they would have put him in an insane asylum when he was a child. They would have locked him up.
0: Yeah. Those mystics, man, they're out of there.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to be someplace out where there. people have some understanding. Like I said, you imagine you go in the deep samadhi, breathless state, mm-hmm. and after two days they bury you. You wake up, you know, a week later six feet under in a coffin. That'd be pretty nasty. Uh, yeah, right. So so want that. No, that
0: well. I think about these things and I think about just my own uh, journey and being in really high places and then kind of getting in kind of low places as far as what I feel like, my experience of life, right? A real peaceful, high-flying kind of place and then kind of a depressed place up and down in my life. And one of, uh, uh, re- fairly recently within the last few years, I remember thinking, man, I wanna, I'm just going to be with God and you know, all these spiritual practices I'm toiling over. I'm, I'm just going to stop my spiritual practices because, you know, I'm just with God all the time. And uh, pretty soon, I think back on it. I, I, at that particular time, I just kind of got more and more angry. Oh, <laughs> I was just, I was getting angry at everything. And I remember uh, you had said, you had asked uh, Baba and he, he said, how long do you practice, do your spiritual practices? And he says, he said, as long as you were breathing. (laughs) And when you told me that, I'm like, ah, that's a good idea. So why do you think that is? Why do we got to keep doing it?
1: If you think of, of, well, in India, they call it Maya, which is the illusion. So you you can say Maya is the power. I would say the power that emanates from the infinite creator that makes the one appear as the many so you could say this is what gives us the appearance of a physical universe and all the beings inhabit it so if if that's a power emanating from the infinite creator it's probably pretty strong right so you think of it think of it as a really strong river it's not a river so strong that you don't have a chance against it it's it's a it's a gentle enough river that If you swim really, really hard against it, you can make some progress. But the moment you quit swimming, it takes you right downstream. Hmm. So that's to me how I look at what Baba was talking about, that the power of Maya is very powerful. And you have to constantly work at not being swept deeper and deeper into delusion by it. Right. So uh, like a river, if you quit swimming upstream, you go downstream. And, and even if you're swimming upstream, you might just be swimming fast enough upstream to stay in one place. So if you want to get upstream, you got to swim a little faster than it's going downstream. Hmm. So I think you can be a good person and uh, uh, that's kind of staying in one place. Whereas if you want to begin to move in the direction of awakening, it probably takes a little more effort. But uh, I think the effort the effort is uh, should be a joyful one. You know, Jesus said, "My my yoke is uh, light, my burden is easy." So I think it's it's a like like I'd said before in some of these podcasts. I think one of the a really good spiritual practice is something like gratitude right? And that's, once you, you truly practice gratitude from your heart, it's not a hard practice. It actually gives you a certain amount of joy and peace to, to, to attune your heart to gratitude, especially to others, right? The people that are important that have helped you in your life, but, but ideally to the creator, the creator himself, and that gratitude to the creator himself, and then all the individualized forms of him that have come to you as your mother or your father or your friends or a counselor or somebody who made a difference in your life to just know that the infinite creator came to you in those forms and be grateful to the forms but also really ultimately grateful to the creator for having come to you in those forms in your time of need so mm-hmm. gratitude is a spiritual practice and it's a joyful one and i think this is what jesus is talking about i think the other one is just just sitting and walking around outside and just go, this is all God. I'm living inside of God, right? I'm a piece of God, inside God, but the birds are God, the trees are God, the air is God, space is God, it's all God. And so that's a, to me, that's just, a, it brings me joy, it brings me peace, just to consider this is, and, and, and if you look at the natural world, I mean, you look at the beauty of a, of a bird or a tree, Or cloud, and know that this is, for lack of a better term, you're inside the dream of God. This is the mind of God that created all these things in nature that are just so magnificent and beautiful in in their own way. You know, so that's just even contemplating that for me is that's a spiritual practice, but that's it's joyful. It's it's like just a little bit of effort pays off in buckets. So, you know, spiritual practice doesn't mean you got to sit there and sit cross-legged and chant for hours or, you know, as some of the early Christians, self-flagellation, you know, beat yourself up, sackcloth and ashes and all that. Yeah, I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's really productive. I mean, the Buddha himself, he, uh, he started with all kinds of really, really hard austerities. And he just about destroyed his body, and then he realized, well, no, this isn't working. So he he went what he called the uh, the middle path, right? Just more gentle, but 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 uh, more productive spiritual practices that paid off quite a bit more.
0: I like it. Yeah. Well, God wants us to be happy. I think I he does. It.
1: Absolutely, I think he does.
0: And he wants our love
1: yeah i think so i love it yeah i'd like i said if you have somebody you just love you just love 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 just more than than anything what do you really want from them i mean if you truly just love them and i'm not talking desire i'm talking about you really just think this is just the most incredible person and you just you just uh, feel honored to be part of their life and you know, and you just love them. I mean, what what the the best thing you could ever experience is is that love returning, right? So I think it's it's that. It's just that simple. So you mm-hmm. know, and even even prayers. You know, I think just pray from that sincere heart. You don't have to get all. You know, you don't have to impress God with a bunch of fancy phrases. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes this is simple, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. From a sincere heart i mean think about it if you were with your best friend i mean you know if he gives you a nice flowery speech <laughs> he says shut up dude just come on let's go get some lunch right it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: stop it just just be natural with me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you don't have to be doing all this fancy crap dude you're freaking me out stop <laughs> it <laughs> uh that's
0: yeah. what that's why you always uh, say that to me i get it now
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's, but that's, that's, we are our piece of God. So I think we can understand (laughs) that, that just wanting, just wants our love, just sincere love, not, all right. I'm going to love you, but here's what I want in return. You know, not like a brown nosing love, just a sincere love that I don't want. I don't want anything from you. Just, if I can just, just be near you, it gives me great joy. Mm. Yeah. I love you. So I'd like to just be, just be around you. You don't have to do anything for me. You don't have to give me gifts. You don't have to praise me just, just for me to be, you know, and I think, I think of it as like, especially little kids that don't have all these hangups, you know, when you're a little, little boy and you got a little boy that's your best friend and you can just walk around holding hands. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just to be with your best buddy until people say, "Oh, you're gay," that <laughs> you ruin it for you, right? Just take take that the the purity out of it, right? Yeah, when, I like holding
0: hands with my little boys.
1: Yeah, so you know, but I mean, that's that's it's that simple, pure, sincere love that then becomes wordless. Right. You know, I'm telling you, if if somebody that you love is just sitting there praising you all day, it's like, shut up. You know, it's like, what the hell, man? You're freaking me out. Right. But just but, you know, just just to feel that love, know that that person loves you the way you love them is is tremendously satisfying on some level. So I think that's that's primarily what God wants from us. I I separated myself from myself to love myself.
0: That is uh, all the time we have. We are out. I appreciate you sharing that.
1: All right, man.